Welcome to the Forthright Women podcast, where we're dedicated to revealing what keeps women leaders successful and sane. We address challenges like being an executive mom, enabling more women to rise, and fueling our own minds, bodies, and spirits. These conversations are unapologetically real, insightful, and from forthright women themselves. Let's do it. Welcome to the Forthright Women podcast. I am Anne Candido, and today I'm joined by my other half of Forthright People and Forthright Women, April Martini. Hi, guys. Me again, I feel like I should say, which is what my daughter does when she tries to vlog. (laughs) Hi, guys. It's Mia again. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. Uh, Well, thank you for being here. Uh, And today we're going to talk about declaring and seizing your vision. So last time we talked about creating more capacity. And then I kind of put April in the hot seat a little bit and asked her what she would do with her capacity, her additional capacity. Mm -hmm, You did. And today we're going to take that a step further and really talk about creating more of a vision for that capacity. Because what we don't want you to do is create a bunch of capacity, then not know what to do with it. And so then you default to things that are just kind of like, you know, the run of the mill. I'm going to flip through my social for a little bit longer, or I'm going to just work longer mm-hmm. instead of creating my capacity. Fill the or, time. Yeah, you fill the time with tasks that are not conducive to what you actually want to be when you will grow up, right? That's right. So April, can you speak a little bit more about declaring and seizing your vision and what this really means? Yeah, and I first I I want to emphasize because we can't underestimate the fact that this is a turning point and it can be really difficult. So first of mm-hmm. all, I'm going to say give yourself a little bit of grace and also some space with this one. The first 3 sessions we talked about weeks 1, 2 and 3 uh, of this series, I guess of this podcast were much more about how do you push things away or get rid of things or and not that that's not hard. But at this point, you're now going to go and start doing new things. Right. And so the big thing here and the way we like to frame this up is to decide what you want to be when you grow up and declare that. And that might sound a little funny or a little flippant maybe, but it is really true. I mean, when we're kids, we ask this all the time when we fire off with like, a thing, and it's never the profession that Ann and I do, right? It's the ones that people just know, like doctor, firefighter, teacher, you know, those uh-huh. things that are tangible to little kids. It gets harder to answer as you get older. And so you really have to spend some time exploring and deciding what it is you want to be when you grow up. And then once you declare that, and, and by declaring, it's like write it down, put it somewhere you're going to see it. Um, make sure you keep revisiting it. And as part of that process, then you have to decide how you're going to go and do, which I'm going to let Ann talk for a little bit here and we can get into that. But the first step is really deciding what it's going to be, putting that stake in the ground and declaring that that's what you're going to go and seize as far as your vision goes. Yeah. And I think this has to come from within too, right? Mm -hmm. Because this is a really important thing is that a lot of times then when we, we start creating that vision, again, it starts becoming what other people expect of us. Yes. Or what we think we should be doing versus what we really feel fulfilled Mm -hmm. and called to go do. So it does take some internal and a lot of internal introspection and really just vulnerability and no judgment just to say, what do I want to be when I grow up? What does Mm -hmm. life 2.0 look like for me? Mm -hmm. And it might not mean that you're going to make a humongous pivot. We're not saying or suggesting that that's the case here. It might be like, you know what? I am going to go for that leadership role. Mm -hmm. 
I do want to be a leader in my group. Or, you know what, I've always wanted to do this side hustle and I wanted to, or I always wanted to volunteer for this community organization. Or, you know what, I wanted to be on the PTO. I, I like to define how our school is making decisions for the district. You know, so think about where you feel like you're going to have the most impact mm-hmm. and what's going to give you the most amount of energy in order to go do. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. And that's why I said, you know, this is a moment where you have to give yourself a little bit of grace because I think we almost can paralyze ourselves with this question, right? And so the next part of what I'll mention here is how to go and do it. But it doesn't have to be some grandiose, life-changing alteration. Right. It just has to be something, like you said, Ian, that gives you passion. And so once you decide what it is, then you need to get more tactical in nature. And so you need to first start doing something. I'm a big fan of saying do something. Don't just say, that's it. I set what my vision is. Great. It's like, no, well, then you have to go and achieve that vision. So you have to start outlining what are the steps you're going to take and then also setting time and goals for yourself. Now, That part of it is paired with this idea of go and do something. So your goals and that timeline and things, those may be the bigger buckets of things, but then you need to quickly set for yourself what are the steps to getting there and make sure that you're doing things on a regular basis to kind of chip away at those goals instead of thinking that you have to spend the one hour of time extra you now have in the week that you've carved out for yourself doing one of the goals, right? That's not the idea of what we're talking about here. You need to do what you would do with anything. Do some research, talk to people, listen to podcasts, read, assign yourself homework that you're going to go and do on a, you know, maybe daily for 10 minutes, weekly for an hour, whatever makes sense for whatever your vision is in order to get you to those goals. And then on the other side, the grace comes where if you've been a little overzealous, speaking from experience here, (laughs) It's okay to change. It's not okay to just let yourself slide. So what we what you said at the beginning, Anne, around just filling the time <laughs> with whatever, that's not what we're saying. But we're saying if you map something out and you said you could do it in two weeks and you're like, oh my gosh, as I'm getting into this, it's going to take four, that's okay. You just have to keep moving forward with intentionality toward the vision you've set for yourself. No, we overestimate what we can do in a week and underestimate what we can do in a year. Yes. Right? And so I think that's a really important point to keep in mind. And I like what you said because action is about, like you said, doing something. So if you're not exactly sure what you should go do, just keep going back and just saying, okay, what do I do need to do first? What I need to do first? What I need to do first? Until you get to something that you're like, okay, I can go do that. And it does almost always start with some level of research. Yes. Some level of going and talking to somebody, Googling it, taking some classes, like just getting an understanding of what you're even undertaking. Because I like the idea of like, when you're filling this time, you're filling it again with something that is going to fill you up that you have a passion for. And I even mentioned the side of like, this could just be, it could be a hobby. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've always yeah. wanted a garden. Absolutely. I mean, this is the way you're going to fill your, your cup back, which is something that you enjoy that gives you that restorative energy that we talked about, which is so important. And you're going to stand like a sequoia. You need that energy rebuild. You need to continue to boot yourself back up, whether it's you know through something that you, you're passionate about or making sure you're taking care of yourself. Those are important things too, and those are definitely legit capacity fillers when you can find that time to go do it. The thing that we see that people start to kind of 
do in their head, though, they start to judge it. It's like, yeah. oh, so planting a garden is more important than taking my kids to basketball? It might be. And it might be. And that's what you're going to have to start to understand and respect about yourself, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So after you start taking some actions, April, how do you kind of set the goals? Like, what do you think is reasonable amount of, quote unquote, we'll just say pressure to put on yourself in order to kind of make sure that you get some traction and progress and don't slide, like you said? Yeah. So I think this is where you make the goals. And I think I like the idea of putting pressure on the system and maybe giving yourself less time in order to go and do it and then having finding out you have to change it because of the analogy you gave about how much you think you can fit in a week. I like to see that more because it gives a sense of urgency. The other thing is once you map out those goals, that list of like what is it going to take to get there those are the things that you need to consistently be ticking off. So the goals are going to feel aggressive or overwhelming in the beginning. But if you can map it out like a process of how to get there, right? So if we use the gardening analogy, if I want to start gardening tomorrow, what's the first thing I need to go and do? And then okay, I probably have to do my research. And then the next goal is, okay, then I have to go and buy the things by this amount of time. I'm making it up, you know? And then I am going to plant the things the next week. And then I'm going to get in a maintenance plan of every week I need to spend X amount of time out there. And then once things start growing three weeks from now, then I'm going to go and do X. And so it starts to feel like a tangible plan to getting to your vision Now, if you decide on the third week you're going to plant stuff and it pours down rain for four days, then you have to adjust. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. But I think realistically and slightly aggressively mapping things out so that you can hold yourself accountable. The other thing is telling people you're doing it can be extremely helpful because they can help you hold yourself accountable too. So to the point of is planting the garden more important than taking my kids to practice, if you start to feel bad about that and you call one of your people in your corner and you say, I think I'm not going to do the gardening thing because Charlie needs to go to practice, that person needs to say, no, because you said you were going to go and do this. And so even if I have to drive over and take Charlie myself, Mm -hmm. you're going to do the thing that you said you were going to do. Yeah, it's an accountability thing. And and it feels like you guys are probably like rolling your eyes like that sounds so trivial, but it's not trivial. No, it's not. It's a practice and you need Mm -hmm. to actually commit yourself to the practice Mm -hmm. in order for this to really have some traction Mm -hmm. and to give you that progress you need towards your vision. And the other one I think is a really good way is incentivizing yourself. Yes. Right? We we tend to overlook the small wins thinking that when we get to the big win, then we can reward ourselves then. But Rewarding yourself along the way is really key to keep yourself motivated. And I'll use a little example. So obviously me and April have our own business. We get to define what we're going to do every day, right? We have clients and we have to do the client work. But when you get a little bit of space in the the schedule, it can be very easy to fill it with other things that maybe don't matter as Mm -hmm. much to building the business or things that we try to avoid because maybe we don't feel like it's our cup of tea or maybe it's not our strength. Maybe we just don't like doing it. So one for me, and this is not those, but it was like new business development, right? And so new business development was one that I always was like, yeah, I really should go do, but I'm like, I'm not the extrovert that April is. And April, you're just naturally more like 
like you said, you're the golden retriever puppy. Like you just go out there <laughs> and you just kind of like make friends and everything. And that takes a lot of energy for me. So I, I always kind of like defer and let you do it. But I'm like, ah, I should really be doing that too. Are you leveraging, leveraging my network? It's harder for me. So when I was creating capacity, I'm like, I'm going to spend that capacity doing new business development. How do I get myself really motivated to do this? Every time we get a new client, I treat myself to something at Lululemon. <laughs> Yep. And if I get the client, I double it. It's <laughs> a good one, though. But so, like, it gives myself a little treat and gives me something to look forward to. And it definitely keeps me like, all right, yeah, I really want those new leggings. Yeah, so, I mean, so it, it, it kind of, whatever it is for you, it could be something very simple. It doesn't have to be anything overly expensive or complicated or um, extensive. But it does give you a little bit of motivation to kind of right size things in your mind, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think you can tie bigger goals to that, too. So, yes, I'm a big fan of, like, when you chip away, you celebrate. I'm historically really bad at the little yeah, celebrations and wins. And so I try to take up, even if it's just sitting in the joy of whatever has happened for a couple of minutes, I'm so quick to jump to the next thing and not honor and celebrate. I'm trying to get better at that too. But then you can also do those types of things for bigger things. So one of the goals that I had for myself at a point in my career was to make over six figures. And when I got there, I was going to go buy myself a piece of David Yerman jewelry. You can bet the minute I signed on the dotted line, I was at Kenwood's Nordstrom buying the piece that I'd had my eye on, right? So yeah, I think it's whatever is your motivator or motivation and just making sure that you take care of yourself in the process. Yeah, I think those are all really good points. All right, on to our quick fire section. All right, April, you ready? Yes. All right. I'm committed to being concise. Okay. You heard it. I'm this is what I'm saying. But holding myself accountable. I like it. My my vision for you is to be more concise. Jesus. <laughs> or at least in this case. Not, maybe not in general. <laughs> I heard that feedback. Got it. Wow. That didn't come in out front quite of right. Everyone. Thank you. Sorry. All right. Finish this sentence. There's actually I could finish this sentence for you. There's two types of people in the world, those who blank and those who blank. This is one of my favorite ones. So those who have life happen to them and those where life happens and they deal with it. And to me, that's all about we all know things are going to happen in life. It's picking yourself back up, learning from the experience and moving forward. Yeah, that's definitely a very good one. All right. Remote work, hybrid or in office? Hybrid. And I feel like this is something the whole world needs now. We leaned, obviously, in COVID to, or we had to, be at home. The environments that I feel like are working the best are hybrid, and this has always been something for me as well. You mentioned me being a golden retriever puppy. It's true. I need people around me, and that means being with clients or, you know, having that coffee, that lunch, whatever. But then I also need the time and space to myself, and I think that we've seen a world where we swung really far one way. And now we're trying to figure our way out. And I think that everybody needs some level of interaction, introvert, extrovert. I don't care who you are. Good. All right. Last one. What fills your cup? So lately, what fills my cup is quiet. Oh. And I've noticed this in everything from taking a few minutes in the transition time after taking me to school during the week to closing the door when the kids are getting a shower upstairs, to even when we were driving in the car yesterday and we weren't talking and you were doing all the work. Um, 
And especially after I have some of these days where we're go, 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 or we're in front of a lot of people, as much as I am built very much to be an extrovert and I love being around people, I love meeting people, I love new relationships, I love the energy of that. The way I have to fill my cup back up or the way I'm realizing I'm doing it very intentionally is with some quiet. Mm. It doesn't have to be a long time, but 15, 20 minutes and just kind of like sitting and being and no one talking to me. (laughs) I feel that. I definitely feel that. All right. Well, thank you for joining me for this episode of Forthright Women. Of course. Podcast. And thank you for being a forthright woman. Yeah. Being a forthright woman can be challenging on a good day, which is why we offer individual and group coaching as well as group trainings and keynotes. Check out our website, forthright-women.com to learn more. If you find this podcast of value, please rate and review us and share with other women who could use a boost to become a forthright woman.